It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello you miserable bastards and welcome to the Misery Hunters podcast. My name is Jamie Coburn and joining me is Mark Jordan. Alright. Craig Devine. Good evening. And Sam Smith. Alright. So Ross isn't with us but Mark, where is Ross? Oh just a quick shout out to Ross, he's on Nigel Farage's show on GB News talking about how much he hates lifeboats. So have a good one Ross, yeah. best wishes. Booing the RNLI, just from the sea. <laughs> um those of course are the opinions of ross davidson and not the podcast uh we are now fan owned so i guess we've, we've definitely got to mention that um i'll go to mark first what's your thoughts about us finally being fan owned we actually own the club well not misery hunters but fans well, you say we own the club, but surely the dark cabal, known as the Kibble Group, are really the unseen hand that now decide at every moment. No, obviously it's a, a bit of a landmark. I, I tend to get a bit overly sentimental about these things, but I genuinely think that something like this isn't just important for the club. It's, it's not just important for the fans, it's important for the town. It means that St Martin isn't just a... You know, now that the stadium's literally on the outskirts of the town, it's, it's not just an afterthought. Mm-hmm. out there if you're genuinely owned by the, the people of the town, by a charitable organisation that's central to a lot of good things in the town, then it, it places you right at the centre of things and I would hope that over the you know the next few years and, and certainly the long term that, that we start to see more of a a community impact in what we do and, and start to really see the benefits of that so without getting schmaltzy about it all, I think it's a, a genuinely great thing. You, I just... I shudder to think what things might have looked like if if this hadn't started to happen at the time that it happened, and mm-hmm. some of the chances that were being spoken about around the around the last decade or so had managed to get their hands on the club. And you look at other clubs mm-hmm. that have had ropey spells in recent years, and, and just think there, but by the the grace of God, goes so. It's a a very very positive thing. It won't be entirely smooth, but I'm much happier today than than we could have been, and I'm I'm chuffed. Funny that you mentioned the um the, the dodgy names going around 
in past few years, remember the Argentinian consortium uh, <laughs> that we had. I really wanted that to happen just to see Aye. how mental it could have been. Could have ended up with Carlos Tevez. Could have ended up with Franco Miranda coming back, but we'll never know. To be fair, we'd ended up could just with other brothers, you know, like when Rafe Rovers signed Nicholas and Elka's brother and all that kind of thing. Just like that. <laughs> we could have been the new Inter Miami. We could have had the two Iguain brothers oh. showing up and getting pumped six and all every week. Fucking useless manager. <laughs> I don't know for them enough time. I was trying to work out the other day how much of it. I know it doesn't exactly work out this way, but how much of the club does each individual actually own? Is it like one, two thousand, five hundred? I'd love to know how much we own individually. Well, the, uh, the kind of boring answer is that we don't. So if yeah. you stop paying your subs to Smizer, then you own the square root of nothing. Um, but it's what a twelve hundred of fifty-one percent. So. I don't know, 0.005? Yeah, we're, we're never getting paid oh. if we win a lot of money or something. No. Um, unfortunately. I want an oligarch to buy the club and then I'll take my 30 quid straight to the pub. <laughs> Magnificent. See, I've always thought if I won the lottery, I'm that's done. bad. Sorry. Would, would we get money if someone was to... No. We would actually, oh, that's shite. Because it's not a sheer yeah. thing, it's like Smeezer on the club and then we pay Smeezer, so they would maybe get money, I don't I don't know how it would work, to be honest. Kibble would get all the money. We'll ask that at the next <laughs> Q&A. buy a new helicopter. <laughs> helicopter and all the bad boys. Um... <laughs> we also have a new chairman in John Needham, um, who has already confirmed that Misery Hunters will be designing the kit. That's what I'm taking from that anyway. Uh, Cheers, John. So, yeah, thanks for sliding into our DMs and confirming that. I know, it was it was really th- glorious, John. And what we're currently here just letting the fans know that no matter what this kit is next season, it's going to be out there. It's going to be short. It pays the palm and it'll be black and white. And then the away kit, you don't need to worry about the away kit. You don't want to know the sponsors that we're currently speaking to. <laughs> No, just better way to get three though. So. Or NLI. <laughs> Ross yeah, we'll, have, we'll, we'll have it out in the first of June as well. Oh, yeah, Ross oh, was yeah. saying he, he knows a guy at Infowars, so we're going to get Alex Jones to sponsor the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I guess we should actually talk about some of the football we've been playing. Uh, we have qualified from, I, was, I keep going to still call it the Betfred, the Premier Sports Cup. Um, and we got seeded much to the distraught fans of Hearts who seem to have an issue with it because we were awarded a 3-0 because Dumbarton were COVID ridden and we got the extra goal or that they didn't so get it up them uh, Andy Halliday was very raging about that on open goal today so also get it up Andy Halliday yeah. it's, it's, always good, it's always good to get it right round Andy Halliday for anything so. love that the anger seems to come in our direction for a 3-0 award over Dumbarton and not to was it was it um, Cove or someone that got awarded a 3 0 win over Ross County away? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, no bother, lads. No bother. Yeah. But, um, Sam, I'll, I'll go to you as someone who uh, has repeatedly won the ballots and managed to go to all the, ma- the more or less all the matches. What have you taken away from our performances so far? Uh, because I've actually been at the games, unlike a lot of people who have been at the games. <laughs> I mean, I've got to none of them as well, so... It's uh, all about who you know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Thanks, uh, Now, the, I think the first game, I mean, that was the Dunfermline game. We were pretty 
pretty good in that actually thought we were pretty good Craig you were there as well we were pretty comfortable whenever I looked in any doubt and f- don't know if it's obviously down to Ethan Fairman not being that good a team really at the end of it. they didn't really have much but uh, got the job done I was next to any somehow Lee Irwin scored so Stenny must be pretty shite but uh, I think the main thing I've took for the three games is that for as much as I've slaughtered Curtis Mayne he's been a very very good signing so far mm-hmm. I think he's been the, the main positive for me I think we've not had a striker for as much as we kind of like John O'Beaker uh, it's pretty refreshing to have a big guy up front who can actually take the ball and hold it up link up with people because obviously Obika his touch was pretty ropey at times his touches are Get out for throw-ins, but you know, Main's pretty direct, strong, holds the ball up, and you know, him and Brophy look as if they're forming a good partnership. I like to see Brophy get in the box just that wee bit more. But uh, no, there's not really any complaints to me. He's not really looked shaky at all at any point. The defence have been solid. Powell's been a revelation in the middle of the park as well. Mm-hmm. But another one who's managed to ship up because I think around about February time when we beat them 2 0, Jamie had said they liked Alan Powell. I laughed at him because I said I thought he was shite and I thought he was done but I think it was more that he was playing on a team that wasn't particularly great last year and he's uh, uh, he's been an excellent signing so far and I'm looking forward to seeing him in the league That's ideal but it was a very solid if unspectacular campaign which I guess at this stage of the season when it's effectively replaced all the pre-season friendlies mm-hmm. you can't complain too much I mean compared to some of the past campaigns and pre-seasons we've had to come out with 12 points out of 12 or 8 one of them is a you know awarded to us because of Covid but to still be sitting undefeated getting into the, the first game of the season absolutely no complaints I was at the Stenny game and I thought it was honestly a wee bit poor um, a wee bit kind of ropey at times and we kind of struggled to break them down a wee bit but uh, put the game to bed you know towards the end anyway and aye it's, it's, it is what it is I don't really care what the score is and what the performances are like at this stage of the season as long as we don't embarrass ourselves that's all we can really ask because Saturday's where the you know I should bread and butter mm-hmm. that's where the, the real stuff actually starts couldn't care less about the cup at this stage to be honest mm-hmm. I mean I wonder how sorry, sorry Jim, I, was just gonna say, I wonder how this is going to translate into to what we do at the weekend and beyond because in theory playing three much weaker teams over the last couple of weeks oh. you're you're talking about Henderson playing wide right, but is he really going to be trusted as a wing-back against top flight side? You're playing McGrath and Kilty in front of power. Are you really going to play two guys in front of one kind of more competitive midfielder when it's against teams that will maybe have a bit more of the ball and it maybe challenges a bit more physically? So I think there's lots of, of positives there. I just wonder if that momentum is going to stay when you slightly change the, the nature of who fills those spots in the team. It maybe takes away just a little bit of the kind of more free-flowing stuff that we've been putting together and it'll maybe be a little bit more conservative which is, is not necessarily a a bad thing it'll just be interesting to see how that how that evolves I think I think um, as you were saying Sam as well about Curtis Main and Eamon Brophy teaming up well I, I actually that is one of the things I'm so looking forward to seeing um, this season uh, obviously Brophy's I think he's still searching for that goal but you've got to remember he hasn't played in like over a year because of the injuries had but I just can't wait till he scores like from some shot that you think, fuck, why are you shooting for there? And then we get to see the Wolf celebration. I just want to see the Wolf celebration in a St. Monk kit. I'm That'll... choking for him to get his first goal. I'm absolutely dying for it to happen. I don't think I've ever wanted a St. Monk player to score their first goal as much as I have Brophy mm-hmm. in, in recent kind of times. Oh, uh, we've got the song queued up. Hanging, we're all hanging our hopes on him being, but 
we know he can be, you know, for Kilmarnock. He was under Clark, you know, he was a mainstay and a team that, you know, had Chris Boyd playing up front of him as well. You know, Brophy's playing quite a lot of the time ahead of him, or Boyd was playing up front with Brophy, so it shows the mm-hmm. quality that he's got. And I think as soon as he gets the first goal, he'll be fine. A lot of people are kind of writing him off for the games he played last year, but, you know, he played six games with a broken foot, which he should never have been doing anyway. And I think it's a miracle that he actually managed to play the minutes he did. And I think people forget when he did come back towards the end of last year. Mm-hmm. Looked sharp when he came on in the semi against St Johnston. Looked good in the last game of the season against Indian United. And to be honest, I'm kind of impressed with the work he's done outside the box. Ah, he's not particularly. He's not scored. He's, I, I, can't, I think he's had one one shot off a memory that I can remember. That was that one that near enough hit the dome. But mm-hmm. uh, nah, I think once it holds, it's going to take just one goal, and then hopefully he's the guy to get his 15, 20 goals a season. But if not, we've still got a guy like Dennis who a good run in the team should hopefully pick up goals and Brophy's not on form and vice versa I think Brophy from what we have seen he's, he is quite competitive and he'll always want to to do well and the fact that in our, like our pre not our pre-season sorry the Premier Sports Cup the League Cup in the League Cup so far he like nearly all of our strikers have scored or all of them have scored except from him and that will be digging at him that he's not got that goal and oh You'd hope that like Christian Dennis, well, I don't know what kind of character Christian Dennis is, but a few of the strikers are maybe pulling his leg at that fact, and you know he'll be desperate to go out there and score. Um, But it has been really encouraging, the fact that, yeah, what we've said about Lee Irwin in the past, um, and whether he he still deserves this chance to kind of show us what he can do, but he's been scoring, Um, Mm -hmm. Curtis Main's got his goal, Christian Dennis has got his goal. I'm, I'm actually really confident of our strike force going into this season usually it's took a while for our strikers to to warm up and I'm really hoping we can hit the ground running against Dundee uh, fingers crossed I think Erwin's definitely fitter mm-hmm. he's he's trimmer I, I can't remember was, was it an interview that Goodwin had mentioned that he dropped kind of six kilos yeah kind of bones of a, a stone so fair play if, I think that the kind of excuse that was that was ruled out both by the club and, and by fans for Erwin last year you know, more than once was that you know he'd, he'd come back from COVID. He'd never really kind of caught momentum again, and maybe it was a fitness issue. So, mm-hmm. you know, fair enough. If he's if he's still here by the time the window shuts and he's the the fourth man, then I'm happy enough to say clean slate and see how he works in the, the kind of you know kind of more honed system we're putting together. And if he's fitter and get a bit more confidence in it, the form and preseason kind of carries on. Then. You know, all power to him. He's a he's an asset to have. It's just a, a waiting game to see if that's what we're actually we're actually getting. I, I think the same could be said of, of Brophy to an extent as well. I think you know by last summer the the writing was probably already on the wall in terms of him having fallen out with the coaching staff at Kelly. Mm-hmm. Don't think he was popular. He probably knew he wasn't the guy going into going into the season even at that stage. And if you're you're talking about kind of injury problems and stuff, he maybe hadn't had the run of games that he'd. He'd wanted for a while, so again, it's almost a kind of clean slate for for him. He's he's got rid of an issue that he was carrying till end of last season. He's had a proper summer mm-hmm. to you know to graft, and he's he's come out and, and as you guys were saying, he's he's looking properly tenacious. These are games where it would be quite easy when you're you know tuning up or or whatever to take the foot off the gas and or to to think just because you're playing a, a third or fourth tier team that you can you can take it for granted. But he was he was as, as much as was possible. He was chasing every ball and throwing themselves into things and, and creating stuff for other people as well. So I think all of those are real positives. I think if if you know things fall away this year, you're 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 right, Jamie. I think there's a lot more to be confident about in the, the forward line than there was 
at this stage last year. There's there's genuine depth and a, a kind of unselfishness and a selfishness to mm-hmm. to some of them, which I think will work in our favour. Mm-hmm. And um, another thing, like we're saying, we've got the depth up front. We've got the depth depth in the defence now as well with um, Charles Dunn coming in and he's been looking really good and a lot of fans so far who have seen him thought he's been a great player um, I'll go to Sam on this one who wasn't too pleased when he first signed but has he, has he turned your opinion round? Aye, I think I think at the time, you know, I, I never really questioned that I didn't think he was a good player I just never really seen the point in signing a guy who had played, you know, 40 games in about 4 or 5 years but I think our physio seems to be a bit of a a miracle worker and the kind of way he's getting people fit you know obviously the stuff with Doyle Hayes and McGrath for many last months last year he got them back in two or three weeks I think he's he's just he's kind of got the combination of everything you need in a centre back modern day you know we've needed a guy who's left footed takes the box with that but he's rapid as well you know there's I think there was one of the times against in Fermlin I'm sure it was Dom Thomas who's a pretty pretty fast guy and kind of took a wee run up the line and knocked the ball by him and done, you know, never really broke sweat and just managed to kind of drag him and just looks as if he's jogging. But now he's a good player. Now he's kind of got to cut out the Hollywood passes a wee bit. He likes a Danny Granger-esque cross ball, 40 yards across the park. But no, nah, apart from that, I'm really pleased with him. Just I, think I, the, I think I remember the incident you're talking about because I nearly burst out laughing quite a few times in that game because it, it was comical how he, he just looked yeah. as if he wasn't even trying and he was outstripping folk. He's, he's definitely got a turn of pace about him. I think it was in the same game as well where he, he went down for a, a 30 seconds or so and my heart was absolutely in my mouth thinking, is that, is that him done already after one game? No pun intended there. But um, no, I, mean, yeah, I think if he, if he stays fit, it looks like he's been a tremendous signing and aye, it's, it's no one really questioned at the time whether or not the ability was there. It's just it's the point in signing a guy with so many injury problems. We've had too many of them over the years, but I guess if, if he didn't have the problems, they wouldn't be off us. So, he's open. And what I'm looking forward mm. to most is, because it's inevitable, we'd kind of joked about it before, but when we make the cut final, he is definitely going to be on Sky Sports doing a stupid rap for Sky Sports News, isn't he? 100%. Can we also talk about our fifth striker, Joe Shaughnessy? Yeah, oh, like, what a man. What a man. Do you know what? He, I think he's... I generally am happy that fans are back in the stadiums this time to actually see what he can offer. Like, I think it was very easy to pick on him for quite a lot of stuff. But I think when you're actually at the the game, you might actually get to see a lot of the stuff he does without the ball, uh, how he manages that defence and just like his overall leadership ability. I I hope the fans can take to him a bit more this this season because I, I do absolutely love the man. I think you've got tattoos on your uh, crotch. Well, I do, and that's uh, you have to buy me a few drinks before you get to see that. Um. He's got a lawnmower, and he's just kind of just above it. No, I'll leave it. I'll leave it. Like I think I think Sean will still be more comfortable this year with an actual left-footed centre half mm-hmm. and a, and a proper yeah, kind of right-sided defender as well. Yeah, exactly. I think that'll free him up and suit the strengths in his game um, much more. And then, well, I guess we can kind of talk about like the rumours because we're sort of looking at the midfield area and um, in the centre of the park, we're probably more than covered. But there are rumours about a winger signing. Like Goodwin's said many times that um, we are uh, needing a bit more pace in the team. Uh, there's obviously rumours about Glenn Middleton. Um, 
I'm seeing Greg Stewart's name pop up a few times. Uh, both players, I would take. I think. I think we will sign someone of that that kind of stature and that that oak. I think Goodwin's not daft. That that is what's missing out of the the team. If if we are chasing a game, you've got Henderson that will come in for. You'd assume Tate starting as your your right wing back to kind of push things up, but who's there to kind of either complement Tanser if you change the shape or or to just be more attacking than mm-hmm. him we, we don't have someone that's replaced Thurma so Middleton's the, the name that, that won't go away and, and if that happens you know you just need to look at the free kick he scored against us mm-hmm. in the, the semi last year to get an idea of what he's capable of doing in, in big moments and I would absolutely take him it, it, Stuart's name keeps popping up as well and, and I think he's a funny one he's obviously talented but when was the last time we kind of saw what he was capable of. Well, it feels like there's been a succession now of when he played alongside Eamon Brophy. Yeah. <laughs> Sign Greg Stewart now. <laughs> Drop John a wee DM and tell him to get the, the checkbook out. The checkbook out for him. I've already seen him my like before my wee short list that I've got written down, I've just went here, sign these players, prove that we're Future tellers, that's not the right word. Anyway, <laughs> fortune tellers, um, that's it's been a long time. We, um, we spoke in the last pod as well about you know potentially like loan options coming in, and, and I think um, I'd round off a couple of young guys who I think have all now kind of found places to go in, in Middleton. Um, one name that I haven't heard mentioned as much, and actually kind of <laughs> sitting right in front of us in terms of Middleton and Stewart, is, is Jake Casty. Mm-hmm. You almost kind of forget that he signed at the same kind of time when Gerard was first mixing things up and he's certainly a comparable player in terms of a bit of pace and a bit of guile on the on the kind of wide side of the pitch I, I mean he's someone based on what he did to get signed by Rangers I would absolutely take I just I'm not entirely sure the last time that we we saw it but um, yeah played for Goodwin at Alloa I was on about to say that. I think did he not, did he not yeah because yeah. he had that one good season where I think was he at Alloa until Christmas and then really stood out and yeah, then, then stood out in the I think it was seven and eleven he got goals wise. It was a uh, really good return that got his move to Rangers. He's a uh, yeah. strong, fast. I think it would maybe I don't know if you could kind of coach him more on the defensive side of the game. It'd be a good option on the left and right hand side if you're yeah. looking for another wing back. If it looks as if we're going to stick with the three, yeah, I just uh, to another the wee looking Pine Bovro there. And I think uh, some of the Aberdeen fans suggested that it's uh, Matty Kennedy. That, uh, Goodwin was alluding to earlier. Mm. Which, we tried to sign him before, know, right before he went to Aberdeen, didn't he? Yeah, yeah I think yeah, yeah. we tried. Yeah. I think we offered the pre-contract, didn't we? Mm. But uh, Aberdeen ended up taking him early because I think Goodwin's words were pacey, surplus to requirements, and a potential loan leading to a permanent. Kennedy's a good player, man. I, I thought uh, the wee six months spell he had at St Johnston before he signed for Aberdeen, he looked really good. He was probably their best player, you know. They were and a bit yeah. A bit of a downer before he. Yeah. I think he was a bit clearly kind of running stuff himself, so I wouldn't be against that. Mm-hmm. He suits our um, scouting requirements, and that he's played for St Johnston and Kelly. So yeah. <laughs> I would, um, I would take him straight away on on that basis and continue to exert our dominance over the dregs of Scottish football. <laughs> but the St Johnston fans, I'd imagine, will probably have something to say about us spending government money, blah blah blah. But how? I think Scott Tanders on thirty grand a week. <laughs> I mean, he's worth it. Good on him. His left foot's worth it. It's better than Graham Carey's. That, that, that's why the yeah, Cabo, the, the Cabo are allowed to do whatever they want with the club because of this money that they're pumping in. It's just, that's just... They, they get the donations and they spend it on whatever they want. That's, <laughs> I've, I've got no issue with that whatsoever. 
Uh, we, there's also obviously rumours about players leaving. I, before we talk about the big two that keep coming up, there was the rumour about Kyle McAllister going to St. Johnson. Fucking take him. Um, <laughs> uh, like, I, I don't know how much truth of that rumour was. I mean, Kyle McAllister hasn't really turned up since he came back to St. Mum. I think that injury's essentially wrecked his career. In a way, like, I don't know, like, sometimes it doesn't even look like he cares when he's playing football, and I think that's the biggest issue a lot of us have. Uh, kind of the same arguments we're making about Erwin. We've gave him a lot of chances to kind of show us what he can do since he's became back, and he's not really shown it. He'll have a glimpse here and there, and then the next five to ten games he plays, he's anonymous. Um, it's just a player I'd like, you know what? Just I think it's a it's a, a weird one, and it was one of the rumours that seemed to come out of absolutely nowhere and mm-hmm. didn't really make much sense at all at the time. He's a player that, surprisingly, I think he's our number one player last year in terms of chances. Is it chances created per minute? And assists. And yeah. assists, yeah. But it, it, you just kind of get away from the fact that every time you know he breaks out into a, even a jog, it looks as if he's going to shatter into a million pieces. And I don't think he's ever going to go over that. And I, I don't think he's even half the player he was when he left. As I didn't think it, I thought he was, to be honest, a bit overrated when he left us anyway. But when he came back, we were still pretty excited because he spent what two years down at you know was it yeah, Derby? Dar- he was Darby. down at but probably a good reason why Derby let him go away if his contract early mm-hmm. they come back up to us and why nobody else was really in from at the time and I think the thing is we, we always kind of look at him as a winger the winger that we had when he left and we've, we've kind of seen that he, he performs so much better than that number 10 role however at Celtic, at Celtic Park in that role yeah, yeah. But that's yeah, he's the best player in the park at the moment if he stays at the club which we'll go on to talk about in a second McGrath that is his position like I wouldn't and want and, and obviously Kilty who's came in so he's now down to third choice in a position that he's had a few good games in and I can't see him really excelling I don't know what kind of wages he's on I don't know if he took like cut wages to come back to us or if he's on a, a decent whack I'm not too sure but I mean it's not something I'm going to be upset about leaving Um it smacks to me of, of probably kind of short window type stuff. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, it, you've got to imagine at this point he understands that you, if we keep a hold of McGrath and, and we sign, we've signed Greg Kilty on, you know, with, with a plan for him, then, then McAllister is the third choice in that number 10 slot. And when he played at Celtic Park, and correct me if I'm wrong, that was kind of instead of a second striker as well. It wasn't Aye. as a, a 10 behind, behind two strikers. It was as they kind of like 10 behind a nine. So mm-hmm. if you add in four strikers who are realistically going to get on the pitch before he does as well, and Henderson's on the right wing before him, and we're looking at bringing in another winger who's not going to want to be third choice for what he does, you're just kind of running out of spots mm-hmm. other than there's 10 minutes, Kyle, go on and try and do something yeah. magic and, and turn something. And I can't imagine he's happy with that at the stage of his career he's at. So mm-hmm. to me, it, you know, I wouldn't be amazed if St. Johnston did sign him, but for me, it just sounded like who's probably looking for players of that kind of pedigree. Let's say that he's been subject of interest and it might drum something up to me. Team dropping down a league, to be honest, and ending up at the, the likes of a Hamilton or a, a Rafe Rovers I or that kind of level. Generally thought Kilmarnock would have put a bit of interest in about him. Yeah, totally. Uh, and and it wouldn't be the worst thing either. They, their <laughs> they can have our cast-offs though, Craig. That, that keeps the dominance <laughs> dynamic um, where it should be. <laughs> if we don't want a player, they can have him. That's what is it, Bieber? I think 
someone called us a, a wee feeder team when we got Callum Waters on one. That never came back to. Aye, it's like Craig Kelly Muppet, wasn't it? Aye. Who's that? Uh, he's a nobody. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> two other rumours about players outgoing, Conor McCarthy and obviously Jamie McGrath. Like Obviously, it's quite good to see the club are having a bit of backbone and standing up and saying we, want, we do want more money for him. Because you know for a fact, like he's not going to be signing a new contract, Jamie McGrath, anytime soon. If we don't get a decent offer, he's probably worth more to us this season playing. Like, you know how important yeah. he is. And I'm pretty sure the club are, are happy to take that hit. If it gets us into the top six, if it gets us closer pushing to a European spot or um, silverware um, from one of the cups this season, then I'm sh- sure the club would be more than happy to keep him unless we get like an offer where you go, right, fuck, he's, we've got a year left and this club's nearly offering us a million quid for him. You'd snap his hand off because that's always going to improve, let you improve so many areas and within the club, not as well as the playing team. Um, obviously, was it Watford are now rumoured mm-hmm. to be going about him? Whether I don't know what kind of source that's came from. Whether that's just some like random website that just does news generators, like just like <laughs> it's now in the sun. I think I think they picked up. But I don't know if they're just quoting sportsexcite.com yeah, or that, whatever. That's who the sun sources are. Sportsexcite.com or something. Um, I think, generally speaking, like 750 grand would be the point where I'd be like, I'd rather keep them, but, you know, fair enough. Mm-hmm. I, I think if, if you're talking about Watford or clubs of that kind of size being interested, then he's an Irish international now and he's, he's, he's on a bit of a platform. Like, those guys will spend 20, 25 million on, um, you know, boys out there. Portuguese league or, or whatever else and I think you can spare a million for a player that's already playing internationals and, yeah. and everything else but generally speaking 750 grand is probably the cut off where I'm comfortable with it and anything below that like you're saying I would rather give him the year to to see what difference he can make if you know if he pushes up two positions in the league then mm-hmm. and we, we get to you know kind of cup semis again or cup finals then you're talking about that money being paid back so it's not it's not the be all and, and end all at all I would rather have him Mm-hmm. I think for as, as much as the club are talking, you know, three hundred grand was. I felt personally insulted reading that. <laughs> Never mind the club, but I think if it was to get to maybe half a million plus, that's when they would start seriously considering it. But yeah, I reckon anything less than that, and it's worth more just to keep him for the season. And like you say, it's, it's worth extra place or two in the league, or potentially winning a cup off the back of it and letting them go for nothing. I'd fully accept that. And and the, the, it's always mental how these teams down south doing try and negotiate so much with our players like this is like small fucking change for them it's crazy it's like you're kind of seeing it with Hibs now with that Josh Doig like West Ham like refusing to push to 5 million to buy him but they'll spend like fucking how much they spend on Jared Bowen like something like 18 million 20, 20 25 million. I think it was like, couldn't kick his own arse exactly well yeah. actually quite there's, like a, lot of, so there's a lot of weird transfers that kind of happened right? it's the same as well with Watford they're haggling over paying two million quid for Lewis Ferguson right? did Watford were what, did they win the playoff or did they get automatic regardless they, of what, they did Watford win the playoff I think like I think regardless like that's still worth 120 million to them and mm-hmm. half the time they give the manager half it they spend so if there's teams that are have a 70 odd million transfer kit here worried over spending two million quid on like somebody like Lewis Ferguson then which I think if I don't know what chance we've got negotiating with teams. I think it's Rotherham as well that mm. made the bid for McCarthy. I think they, they signed a, dof, a dolphin for a five figure fee. So 
I mean, Hadoffin was one of the kind of better players in the league last year. Mm-hmm. I think that, that would have been very chuffed if we ended up with him. But mm-hmm. uh, I think the teams are just kind of looking up here as like a bit of a bargain basement. But it's good to, as Mark said, grow a set of balls and kind of tell them where to go and set the demands. Because we're not really in a position that we need to, I think. According to a lot of fans for their teams, we're absolutely loaded. So, it's what happens when you're the establishment cup, uh, cup establishment and club, get, <laughs> and you get the kibble money laundering. Yeah, so it's good old. It has, uh, it has totally been a bargain basement in the past, though, for as long as anyone can remember, I reckon. But it, it's going to take an Aberdeen, a Hibs, St. Martin, even the turn and tell them to fuck off and yeah. you know stop haggling over which which essentially pennies to them. I mean, half these clubs... We started to see that last year. Like, £2 million for Lyndon Dykes, who's, I mean, let's be honest, Euro's hero and all that, he's a haddie. Like, he's not, like... We're not not talking about a Ballon d'Or winning striker here. £2 million for a club like Livy. For Mm -hmm. a a guy like that is is madness. And it Mm -hmm. puts a lot of what we do into perspective. Like, you look back, I know we're going back years now, but, like, Kenny McLean walking out and... Don't blame him for taking the move. I think everyone would have taken it, but getting out in January in a year where we're fighting for, Aye, really you know, for survival at that but point. Did we get for him like a fiver and James Dayton on loan? Handshake. That worked yeah. <laughs> James Dayton, Jesus. That's what like, the there's fuck are you countless examples. John McGinn. Well, that's one I was about you know, to point we've out. We've done well out the percentage, but you have to look at like clubs. Like these clubs should actually kind of look at the John McGinn deal. They paid what five million. Was it, fa- was it even 5 million? I think they paid that. I think 3.5 million. And mm. now, like, there's clubs interested for him that they're talking about 50 million for him. So, like, and these clubs are still to haggling over 2 million for Lewis Ferguson or fucking 300,000 for McGrath. And yeah, it's, it's becoming a bit of a joke. But hopefully, we can actually start, like, we always make this argument that the, the Scottish League's extremely undervalued. Like you see it in our like sponsorship deals that we end up with, the T V deals, like um and we completely undersell ourselves so many times and we're do we do it as well with our players. So we need to actually just start valuing ourselves a little bit more and hopefully just when you've made the point about the T V deals, I had to laugh the other day when I saw the is it CBS that have signed the, the Scottish yes. League in America and, and the championship. Put- and the championship, yeah, howling at the, the thought of some somebody sitting in Connecticut watching fucking race Hamilton. My my pal Nestor, who lives in San Francisco, from San Francisco, is a Hibs fan, and it's fucking mental. Like, and last time I was there, he was like, he introduced me to some scouser who happened to be a St Mirren fan. Uh, like, America's a fucked up place, and like they will support. Alan Stubbs. No, it wasn't Alan Stubbs. No. <laughs> <laughs> but <Nathan> um, <laughs> but uh, like America is a weird place, and, they, and you'll you'll find they'll watch any sport. So if if you can't sell our leagues to them, then fuck knows. Like, as soon as they see like one of those Americans see how Scottish football players tackle, they'll be in love with it. We should have sold the league that way if I can ten years ago. Should just pipe in the Alba feed and see if anyone notices. <laughs> Well, they'll, they'll all be supporting Aberdeen now, won't they? Now that they've got their American links. Hibs are signing someone from Orlando as well, aren't they? They're signing an American winger. Yeah, it sparked a debate on Twitter for MLS fans slaughtering the league, even though I think that guy was Orlando's best player and a team that had Nanny and <laughs> like other like decent kind of names. And they were like, oh, it's shit. Like, oh, it's that now shit. A... Orlando to come to fucking Hibs. He's now a backup to Dre Wright. <laughs> 
I do love the like when you when you think about like Lewis Morgan, like I I know or like Miami are absolute pish, but he's he's traded fucking Guruk or Greenock or whatever the fuck he was from, Inverclyde area, to live in fucking Miami. <laughs> and now like there's players that do it the opposite way. You're like oh. Ryan Gold getting Yeah. Ryan Gold getting forty eight grand a week to play for Fantastic. Vancouver and he couldn't get in the Hibs team on loan like two years ago. <laughs> But I get. Let's talk. Let's talk about this now. Uh, we should actually talk about the fact that we're playing on Saturday. We're playing Dundee. What's What's your guys' predictions? Uh, I think it will be a tough game. I think a lot of people seem to have kind of wrote Dundee off pretty early, but Dundee have got a really good squad, man. Like, uh, I think any team that's got Charlie Adam in the middle of the park's always got a chance of doing really well. They've done what teams should do with guys like that and put legs around them with either Byrne, Jordan McGee, Paul McGowan, all of them will do the running for them. And good strikers as well, apart from, you know, Berlin couldn't hit a barn door with a banjo. Well, now that I've he, said that, he obviously will yeah. score on Sunday. He's the but, greatest player to ever played for St. Mons, so I don't know what you're talking about. They've got, uh, you know, Jason Cummins up front, who's a good player who scored goals at any level he plays at. So. They've got Sally and Sheridan. Aye, Kelly and Sheridan completely forgot about that big pirate lookalike. <laughs> uh, I think that it'll be a tough game, but I'd fancy to win. I think uh, well, we don't really look as if we're going to concede goals. The midfield looks pretty strong, and if Power does a job in Adam, then I could see he's causing their defence problems. You know, they'd get Liam Fontaine, who was at Ross County a couple of years ago, well, last year, Ross County had the worst defence in the league. Fontaine was a big part of that. So... Uh, should be looking to win. It's another game that we should be fearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was to predict having 2-0, Brophy get off the mark. You're talking about Paul McMullen maybe playing out wide for them as well. You'd, you'd imagine Scott Tanzer would get a lot of change out of him. Aye. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not keen on yeah, what you say. Like a, lot of, a lot of folk writing Dundee off at the weekend. It's just... Typical St Mirren, you rock up full of confidence and we get shafted, you know, 3-0. Like the Dundee team I don't think is too far removed for the one that basically swept aside Kilmarnock in the, the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I know it's Kilmarnock and they were absolutely gashed last season, but you still watch that thinking they do actually look pretty handy, even across both legs. So that was only two months ago. Mm-hmm. Just need to be careful. I would definitely have them to, to survive this year. I think they'll I think they'll be safe I mean I think they'll be bottom six I don't have any illusions about that but they'll I think they'll be safe there's enough quality in there you would imagine um, and it, it certainly won't be a, a pushover it'll, mm-hmm. it'll be a it'll be a challenge you, you would just hope that we're solid enough now to to kind of um, um, to stop teams like that really getting any kind of foothold and then it's just a question of can things come together for us at the at the opposite end I, I, I would say we'll probably win 2-1 I, 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 I had to guess I don't, I don't like being too overconfident, so being the misery hunter of myself, I'm going to say we're going to lose 1-0 and it's going to be Charlie Adam from the halfway line. Fucking hell. Uh, I'll, go for, I'll go for one each. I'd be happy just to escape with a, a boring draw. Mm-hmm. I think the, the worst possible thing that, that could happen and probably will happen though is that Danny Mullen will score yeah. and we'll have St Mirren fans again tweeting about, oh, we shouldn't have let wee Danny go. I we fucking should have because we Danny plays for Dundee. That's is why we still there. Uh, I, but I think he's uh, he's, well. he's got a kind of an affair going on with the treatment table. Don't know. 
I thought it was going to be a Jack Ross exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think Shag's physios like Jack Ross, but yeah, I think he's got a love affair with the with the treatment table. <laughs> uh, uh, predictions for the rest of the season. Um, I'm putting out here. We're, we're finishing top six. We're finishing our European spot. I I will uh, say similar. I was actually pretty close last season. It's probably the only thing I got right when I said we were uh, we would have been finished seventh I think but with more points in the top six mm. I think that five teams ended on the same number of points I'm going to go for top six but only by way of a, a, a final Covid forfeit just oh, to wind goodness. everyone up against, against, Hearts. against Hearts and Hearts, Hearts the team that finished seventh please it's going to be the three points that get that pushes over the line and get us into the top six and it's going to be glorious I'm going to go for the fourth wave hitting and the, the season being cancelled right after we've played Hearts and we'll turn them over and that's enough for us to, at their expense, go into the top six and by default end up in a European position. <laughs> I'd like that. I, I think I think we'll finish fifth. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's much of a muchness, but I think the, the top four are always pretty set. Yeah. I think it'll be Hibs, Aberdeen, Rangers and Celtic. But, uh, Is that Celtic finishing uh, fourth because they're absolutely rank rotten? Aye, they're, they're really bad and if Dane Murray continues to play at centre-back Thank fuck we've got them fucking awesome bother We've got Celtic third game of the season That's like really uh, fucking handy don't, don't by, that, by that point I'd imagine they'll have fucking Henrik Larsson reincarnated playing up front with Hudson Edward <laughs> at that point <laughs> I heard that Dane Murray gets called at Lennox Town the white Jimmy Trollery so I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to him continuing to pirouette on the touchline and then set up opposition teams for chances I, I think we'll finish fifth and I'd like to make the very bold claim that I think Dundee United will get relegated this year my my bold claim is Motherwell is going to be relegated this season Ross County will go down in the playoffs yeah I think I think your bottom three are Ross County Dundee United and I think we has Bula has run out of luck and Livy are going to be right down there as well. <laughs> Old prison Davy. I think he's I think he's he's done us it. Lovely guy though. Big shout out to Davy Martindale when he took the time to take my picture room in the Trun Hotel. Lovely guy. But he was uh, sitting absolutely <laughs> grilling some guy for Birmingham about wanting to come up and tell him that Livingston was a pretty shit place to stay, but he's only at half an hour for Glasgow in twenty minutes for Edinburgh. So. <laughs> they call it the Paris of the East Coast. <laughs> I need to get in on this Hasbulla stuff. I'm I'm way too late to the party. Oh, well, basically, he was in prison about ten years ago, but he's now the manager at Livingston. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a shout out to anyone who's ever been on the JB's bus or anything like that. Do you not think we Hasbulla looks like Frank that used to go on that bus? If you've been on that bus, you know what I'm talking about. Just saying, uh, same mannerisms and everything. It's brilliant. Um, Frank doesn't know podcast he will never hear this but <laughs> <laughs> but uh on the topic of predictions the fantasy league is uh starting saturday make sure you get on there we're uh, featured in the public leagues there is a inside bet with us uh who finishes bottom will have to wear a top a, um top of the choice of the champion out of us four or five even because ross is there as well um and there's been some predictions floated about our group chat already and we're looking forward to seeing Ross in a Kingsland Junior Marais top. Yeah, it's nailed on. Or Sam in a Lee Irwin shirt. Okay, yeah. If he keeps a tractor, Sazzy. He's in form. 
go buy me a tractor Sazzy Lee Irwin 23 top and I'll wear it to every game next year you've held it here first uh, we will be back after this hi I'm John Obika you're listening to the Misery Hunters podcast thank you John um, oh, John so you might uh. have <laughs> you might have seen on Twitter um, Mark put up a thing about asking for your unpopular St Mirren opinions and you guys definitely delivered so I'm just going to I'm just going to hand this over to Mark Mark on you go yeah first of all just thank you to the the morons of, of our support and I include myself in that <laughs> for what was 24 hours of absolutely shocking opinions that were landed <laughs> in my notifications and I will hold my hands up at having some of the rankest of those opinions but it's always good to take a wee temperature check as to as to how things stand intellectually and comfortably we may be the stupidest fans in the country so with that being said here we go here are some unpopular opinions to be either agreed with or shot down by the by the boys so are you are you, first naming, one, are you naming the people who made these opinions as well of course i'm naming good, the people that them, when they published it on a public forum <laughs> you should have known that it would have been put on spotify for eternity this was just an so, easier way so you didn't like get into trouble for reading out some of the remarks that end up on those Facebook programs. <laughs> uh, Facebook group, even. I can't speak the day. I don't well, wait, we can do a specific podcast on the post I'll make when I get selected my third ballot in a row <laughs> and people haven't been in a game yet and I post on that page again. Just 40 minutes of you ranting in an empty room. Uh, first unpopular opinion is from at Vandal1877 who I was actually at uni with, Fraser. And uh, I, I agree with this, but I don't think it's a popular one at all. The yellow Cabrini away kit with the stripes poking through at the top was a belter. There was a fantastic home kit hidden underneath that. Which is the big black and white stripes. <laughs> yep. Good point. No. I'll accept that. Which is at the barcode here as well. So we had the barcode home top and then a better home top at the top of our away top. Uh, Do you know that's, what? That, that's an awful opinion. That that kit is fucking horrific. I don't... I think... Um, I kind of agree at the time that I didn't like it and thought that's fucking horrible however when you look back it could have been a classic it's just marred with the absolute stink of that season and the fact that it was Greg Wilde who um, modelled it <laughs> it's the, oh. the colour for me it's the, the you can only really describe that as like a referee yellow it's a paisley coat of arms Craig I mean a bit of pride in your town I know you I know you fucked off to Alwa now but says the guy who fucked of... off to Irvine and I'm still representing, I own that top. <laughs> you can see me out in the streets of Irvine three, four nights a week wearing that top. I, I, I had that top, but it's been left in my mum and dad's house because I'm not taking that anywhere. I'm not letting anybody know <laughs> that that top existed. Don't worry. It's an absolute screamer. I think, I think on that opinion, you'll be safe knowing that when we are designing next season's top, that will not be a, in contention. So... Well, I think there's a lot of conversations to be had between them. And <laughs> but anyway, uh, second, un- I think that's a confirmed unpopular opinion. Uh, second is at Gary Williamson. Kilty is overrated and half the player of Kyle McAllister. Oh, if, if I was being unkind, I would say that there are certain ways that you could interpret he's half the player of Kyle McAllister. <laughs> oh, he loves his eyes, maybe. How has that guy found his way onto... A phone with a keyboard and been able to string that sentence together with a serious face. I can only assume he's taking the piss. Uh, that's you know got to be a piss. See, 
I'm not going to completely disagree because I think Kyle McAllister, I think I said it last year, that technique-wise and ability, Kyle McAllister is 100% the best football player on that team. It's just unfortunate that he has a massive fat arse and can't be arsed <laughs> string performances that, together. Having a massive fat arse is no excuse when you have got legends in our club like Mark Yardley and Callum Ball. Right, John McGinn. Look at the size of us and John McGinn. I, I just, I, 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 don't think that that is. It will be unpopular because I, I, I rate Kilt. I think Kilt is a really good player, but uh, Kyle, Kyle is really good Half ability, work, technique, you know. But I don't think he's. I don't think uh, Kilt is worse than Kyle McAllister no. by a long shot. But the think Kyle McAllister at Celtic Park last season. I there's a case for that to be, you know, that argument to be had. But the Kyle McAllister has turned up, you know. Every other time. No, not for me. I think if you want to be generous and you want to interpret the howls and whistles that emanate from Kilmarnock as any kind of um, kind of valid speech, then you could argue that Kelties maybe had one good season in six or seven in terms of fitness and consistency and, and all that kind of stuff. So maybe we do need to just see one season from him before you can, you, you know, he lives up to the hype that we are maybe putting on him. But I would say that that's a shite opinion if it's yeah. entirely serious, which it might not be. Uh, if, if taking it at a base level that this person is being serious and with our fan base, you have no idea. That is a shite opinion. <laughs> Sorry, Gary. <laughs> I try to defend you, but... <laughs> we tried. It's good that so far at least one person's defended one of the opinions, so it shows that we're all idiots as well. So. <laughs> or at least 25% of us are at least. one here, please. Right, well, I think this one might uh, this one might be universally panned. At Gadface, Alex Ray doesn't get nearly enough credit for what he did when he took over from Murray, and he shouldn't be considered anywhere near as bad as Stubbs. Uh, oh. no, I'll agree with that. Oh, fuck's sake. Right, I'll agree that he's nowhere near as bad as Stubbs, that is. Um, however, Alex Ray had the massive cunt factor round about him. <laughs> I, I'm not saying no. Alan Stubbs has not went on There's to no way to talk about David well. Farrell. <laughs> but I mean like was our top goal scorer that year like a right back or something was it no Keith Watson Keith, Keith Watson would have been, yeah. uh, um, uh, would have been Shanklin but I think other than that I probably would have, probably would have been either Keith Watson or that fucking headless chicken Callum Gallagher yeah like I mean some of the like he brought in some shite into this club he was responsible for Kyle Hutton. He was responsible for Stuart Carswell. And that's all I need to say. Tom Walsh. I didn't mind Tom Walsh, to be fair. I like Tom Walsh. He was good. Stinking. Stinking. I, 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 was, I was a one-man campaign last season to try and bring him back. <laughs> Callum Gallagher's a boy that I think gets sent through the performance school, so got a good set of hires from St. Minions or whatever it was he gets sent, and he should absolutely have done advanced hire graph comp. And going to uni and being an architect or something because he's, he's uh, a Ian Murray's vice captain at Airdrie now. Well, well, I hope they get relegated. I saw Callum Gallagher in IKEA once, and when I pointed him out, he definitely saw me point him out, and his face went bright red. So he took well, a beer like you're trying to winch him at a school disco. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, I don't. I don't think that opinion is that. Like I think most people would agree that Alec Ray done a decent job. Like when he came in, because we were a fucking shambles under Murray. And he done well to kind of steady the ship, but then completely undone all his good work in the space of a month or something like that before the 
season started and then I think we, we were winless or they were up until in the league till December yeah. before we beat Queen of the South I mean yeah. so under Alex Ray we were very much nearly a league one club and, yeah and like I think that alone you've just got to be like yeah, yeah. all I think with Ray it all boils down to the, the kind of myth of that team talk at Albion Rovers in the League Cup at the start of that season where I can't remember where I heard this and I can't remember exactly what I was told but we were, we were shite in the first half I missed that a good portion of the first the half fourth stuck in, yeah get, I was lost in Coat Bridge I couldn't park my car so eventually I think I'd missed at least the first Albion Rovers goal and supposedly the team talk that day was Reagan and because we'd been so shy and got into the dressing room and goes, well, none of you are going to fucking listen. I'm not going to say it. And they just sat in silence for 15 minutes and then came back out. So I think uh, I think that says everything about Alex. Right? He is nothing but a target for snowballs in my mind. I'd never heard that before. The only thing I heard was that he used to put uh, Rangers versus everyone else at yep, training. that happened. Yeah. That happened. Jesus. I can't, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say the name of the player that told me, but yeah, that happened. To be fair, I didn't hear about that at St Mirren, but I've heard off of a, a Dundee personnel who's no longer at that club, but has very Paisley roots. Um, easy enough to conclude who that is, but I won't name them. Uh, told me something very, very similar that happened at Dundee. Shocking. I don't disagree with the opinion too much. I think I'm on the same page as everyone else. He did a decent enough job when he came in. It was just that, you know, disastrous couple of months that completely turned it around. And like Jamie said back at the start, there's a massive cunt factor to be considered as well. <laughs> the argument there is though that how much of actually turning it round was the real Alex Ray and how much was having a full summer to plan his transfers and signing five shite strikers and no midfielders mm-hmm. so that we started a season with Kyle Hutton and Stevie Mallon, the world's most number 10, number 10 as a holding midfielder, and thought anything other than us getting pumped rotten from Dingwall to Greenock and everywhere in between was going to happen. I mean, we, we genuinely started that season with Ryan Hardy, Lawrence Shankland, David Clarkson, John Sutton. I remember David Clarkson. All on first team wages. Yeah. David Clarkson against that that Morton game when he came on and and then we some reason played him on the wing, like that he should have just get his jaws there and then like Jesus Christ. Did it look like he'd already been crunched in that tackle? Yeah. <laughs> What's the next opinion? Because I think uh, okay, we we'll move on. We got a good Alex Ray moan out of that one. <laughs> okay, that's just fair. We've not done it anyway. Uh, this might be a slightly more unpopular opinion at Callum Armstrong. Andy Dorman is remembered for being better than he actually was. Yeah, I, I replied to that, but Callum, from me to you, fuck off and <laughs> keep that opinion to yourself because that is an awful opinion. I somewhat agree. Nah. Andy Dorman is my personal hero. You know, we were talking about uh, crotch tattoos earlier. I've got one Andy Dorman hate. <laughs> I, when he left, uh, I went round. I had an autograph book at the time. I think I would have been nine or ten when he left and my mum and dad in the last game of the season took me round to like get him to sign it and uh, I got my picture taken with him he signed my autograph book and before he got in his car I cuddled him and cried <laughs> couldn't then like I was in hysterics and my mum and dad had to drag me away because I, and I cried all the way home as well because Andy Dorman was leaving Jesus. and that was the most horrific feeling in the world and I've never really got over it so I've done the same as Stuart Keane 
Good to see the Billy Mammoth. Andy Dorman, right. Looking back at like nostalgia glasses off, right? He turned off in some very big important games, and I agree, but I remember him also hiding in some important games. Mainly once when we were in the semi-final of the cup against Rangers, and then Rangers were linked with them, and then he he had one of the worst games I think he's ever played for us, and I think that happened quite a lot. Where like he'd go on this like he'd score like four games in a row, and you're like brilliant, and then everyone would talk about him again, and then he would just disappear for another four. Like I, I love Andy Dorman, but I, I do agree. Maybe he probably we, when we look back, we probably think he was a bit better than he actually was. I mean, this is the man when he went to Crystal Palace, he went on loan, thinking he was going to Bristol City, but he actually went to Bristol Rovers. <laughs> to quote another unpopular opinion tweet that was sent to me about John O'Beaker, is it just that people remember the goals against Celtic and the fact he had a good song? Mm-hmm. Is that why he's so fond of remember? Does that is that it? I, I don't agree. I think I think he was a proper cult hero and deserved it. But oh, I, I, I believe he is a cult hero, and I, I, I'm just saying that there is a small element of that statement to be true. Just a small yeah, was he actually a Wales international? I don't know if he was ever that. Did he, he not he get win? Called up, but I don't think he got a cap. Yeah. Did he not win the league Player of the year awards? But oh, he got the most votes. There but was a whole conspiracy theory about this. The sponsors wanted to give it to someone more fashionable than a Samantha, which, to be honest, genuinely wouldn't surprise me. That was the rumour, but I remember even at that time, and I, this might have been either on the forum, because I can't remember if Twitter was a thing back then. I, no, it probably would have been. He wasn't our player of the year from the, our, like our team, so that's why I was taking the, the league player of the year with a pinch of salt. I can't remember who was the player of the year, but I remember making that comment that he wasn't... Davey there. Barron. Was it that year that Davey Barron <laughs> got player of the year? At left back. Aye. <laughs> and deservedly so. But I, I remember the whole conspiracy theories round about this. Wonderful sign, Dorman, this, uh, this summer. Is he still, no, still he, on the he, go, is he? He went, to, he went back to New England, and then I think he played a season there, and then he retired, but I think he coaches there now. Good. Okay, so uh, final unpopular opinion is from at the math man Paul McGowan was better than Kenny McLean he's better at punching fuck at the bolus aye <laughs> <laughs> better at getting full of boomers with his dad and taking full penalty kicks at Polis who I, I think were, there was a Polis called Tony Fitzpatrick Tony Fitzpatrick who <laughs> Punted. I, I, I maybe would agree. Based on their spells at us, I would maybe tend to agree with that. I think the impact that they've made at their time, yeah. I mean, if we got the full season where McLean was absolutely on fire for us and we probably would have stayed up, I think he would have had a bigger status and I'd maybe disagree. But with the impact that they had at the club, I think Paul McGowan was probably a bit bigger. I, I think, think we'd, we'd really have to see oh, Kenny McLean take a run up and kick a polis before we could judge who was the best. <laughs> I think uh, there was the interview that Kenny McLean had on Open Goal with uh, I think it was Simon Ferry and Kevin Kell. It was during lockdown. And I think Simon Ferry had asked him and said who was the best player he played with at St Mirren. This is obviously like a guy who's played with John McGinn and he said at the time like the best player that we had was Paul McGowan. Mm-hmm. 
said night and day that Paul McGowan was the best player on the team and was better than everybody else on the ball he was a joke but uh, I, I, I really enjoyed watching Gowser for us but I think I've said it before on here I think that wee six month spell McLean had when he played himself with 10 diddies mm-hmm. he was the be- individually the best player I've seen for us but I think over the piece McGowan done a bit more for us so is that not the same pre-season that we signed Harkins, which I think is what killed McGowan, trying to shoehorn the two of them into the same yeah. the same lineup. When we ended up, McGowan was the one that left. Did he not go to Dundee just at the end of that transfer window? No, I'm sure he stayed the whole stay? way through the season. But like I think uh, it was just trying to shoehorn two guys like that. And you know, Harkins was a fat, lazy bastard and. Had zero intention of running about, whereas then, then Gowser was very good. Uh, Harkins went on loan to Oldham, was it, and had a fucking yeah. relation down there, and they all fucking loved him. Aye, I, Harkins, I really wanted to work out because when he when it works for him, and I think when he feels like it's the right club for him and everything else, he is. He's he's something else. He's he's That's silky as, but top flight. <laughs> And the mess that we were in that season, it was just never going to work, was it? He's very good at stealing penguins in Ireland. Allegedly. That's not allegedly about that story. Uh, (laughs) uh, Any more for any more? I think that's us for I'm going to we're never going to get to see Kenny McLean kick a pole. You're not going to see the mayor of Norwich do that kind of thing. We will arrange that. That will be like a Misery Hunters project down the line. Get Kenny McLean to kick the polls. How about for a goalie kit next season, which we're designing? On the back, it's just the silhouette of Paul McGowan taking a run up and kicking a. We should do that. You know how, like in ice hockey, like uh, the the keepers put all this shit in their helmet to like intimidate the striker, (laughs) and it's just like a big Paul McGowan face, and then on the back, he's just kicking polls. He's just he's just got the album cover to NWA's Fuck the Police on the side of these. He used one of the helmets to cover up his hairline as well. <laughs> I see hairline's worse than mine. But uh, anyway, yes, join the fantasy league. Uh, buy our merch, uh, misery-hunters.tml.com. Uh, links in the bio. And uh, as always, uh, do you know what? Fuck the anti-vaxxer that is John Sutton. Oh mine, fuck Ian Murray because he was a worse manager than Alec Ray. <laughs> fuck random guy on Pie and Bovril who I can only assume is the St Myrna accountant going by his knowledge of St Myrna's wage structure and transfer interest. Prick. Uh, I fuck Callum Davidson, I fuck going along with St Johnson Lane. Hey, that'd be smarmy wank. And Ross. <laughs> <laughs> and Nigel for Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.